Welcome to another episode of Games in Schools and Libraries. I'm Donald Dennis, and you can find me wandering the walls of the internet as Walsfio. Today, once again, I'm thrilled to have on my co-host, Chris Bell. Hello, hello, hello. And we're going to be talking a little bit about what we've been doing here at the Wacomonic Branch Library in Polly's Island, specifically some of the stuff that we have been doing with our electronics and makerspace. Uh, so uh, let's start off, Chris. What's been popular in our room lately? Um, well, our new computer is quite popular. Our laser cutter has been getting tons of use and our 3D printer. Right. Um, we'll start with my uh, current favorite, mostly because we can now use it, yay, is our laser cutter. Yep. So uh, a while back, uh, we got a laser cutter, and it was the f fine folks at Glowforge uh, sent us a, a filter, which sucked. It really did. Instead of, instead of filtering. So our whole room got filled up with smoke, and it was just really a horrible, horrible experience. So to use the escape, or to use the escape, <laughs> to use the Glowforge, which we're going to use to make escape rooms, uh, to use the Glowforge, we had to roll it out on the front porch of the library, or take it into our auditorium and stick the door, the tail out of the door. But now, since we had a window break, not our fault, we promise. <laughs> they replaced it with a uh, window and a vent. So now we can use it here in the teen room. It's still a little noisy, but it does not smell like a forest fire. Yes. So uh, not only can we use it whenever we want, we've started using it when the children show up for uh, Maker Monday, which is our new thing. Right. So uh, we've started off really easy. We've got, uh, well, you know, silhouettes or not silhouettes, but Chris has made some wonderful little line drawings of pumpkins and they get to fill in the jack-o'-lantern faces and we will cut them out with their jack-o'-lantern faces on it so they can take those with them or if they are artistically enough inclined that they want to draw something out like uh, we've had I don't know if they are brother and sister but they they show up a lot together and he drew a dog last time and she drew a funky mask thing it I was don't all, know all pretty neat they may be just friends but yeah they're always in here together and they both are fairly artistically inclined right and so that's pretty neat. Now, we also used our Glowforge to make uh, pieces like uh, uh, Chris and I play Gloomhaven, not involved with the, the teen room, but some of the pieces were illegible, so he made some cool little tokens to replace those. Yes, the letters are now readable. Yep. We have made boxes for our Storytime dice because we have story dice like Rory's Story Cubes, and we have made a box for that. Now we just need to make a top for that box. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we've got a lot of stuff going on, and we've already started planning our, you know, Shushkan coins and all that kind of stuff that we're going to cut out. Absolutely. It's a lot easier to do it, and it's a lot easier to get the kids involved. Um, we've also used it before to make, like, escape room stuff. Um, that was difficult before because we really had to schedule around the library's other activities to get time to use it. Yeah. Um, now we won't need to cut out and prototype all of our woodcutting three days before. <laughs> Indeed. So that's pretty cool. Now, but moving along. So it's weird because when this whole thing started out, Chris's favorite thing was the 3D printer. Mine was yes. the laser cutter. And we, we are going to do with the laser cutter specifically is we are going to make game boxes out of them for some of the... Uh, the games that maybe the boxes have collapsed or that don't have appropriate boxes but for when they go in circulation we'll be able to put in the cover of the box here's what needs to be in the box when it comes back mm -hmm. or you know here's you know some setup guides or whatever it is that kind of thing 
and you know in all i think it's going to be a pretty neat uh, neat addition to the way that we we hopefully will start circulating games soon because we have and I, we probably should mention this when we're talking about board games more but we have finally sent off a batch of escape room games a bunch of the unlocks to be cataloged so we can start circulating finally hopefully it runs well and we'll be able to start circulating much more of our collection yeah we're gonna sneak batches of them over without telling our branch manager and as they keep coming in then we'll hopefully check them out and send them off to other places uh to be played all right so some other stuff is uh, i did mention the 3d printer and yes since role-playing games have been so popular we have started 3d printing buildings that uh I personally backed the City of Tarok Kickstarter, and with that, there's a whole bunch of really cool buildings that we are now printing and painting up, and I'll put pictures of those in the show notes and provide a link to some of our terrain shenanigans for you all. But basically, we've got the 3D prints of some one- and two-story buildings, and we're working on our first uh, four-story building or three-story building. Wow, it's big that we can set out on the table for folks to do their D&D adventuring with and that kind of thing. And people, whether they do role-playing games or not, they've seen like the Christmas villages. And we can say, look, we're going to use these as part of our Christmas village. And uh, it, it'll it all work pretty neat. Oh, yeah. it It's really fun to do in the room, uh, partially with the kids as well, because um, we've gotten some of our patrons to help us paint up the buildings. Yes. Uh, so we've gotten to show off some of the techniques. Uh, it is really neat in that all of our buildings look very similar in style, um, which is fun, uh, despite the fact that we have, you know, different children of varying ages, us included, um, <laughs> painting them up. Yes, yes. Uh, now, also this summer, not everything is 3D printed because you can use the cheap dollar store craft foam, yes. I'm sorry, foam core boards to make buildings. And so this summer, one of the activities that we did was during our terrain making and cosplay, because you use a lot of the same techniques for doing these. You do. That uh, we taught folks how to make buildings, and they each took home a little uh, village house that they created out of uh, you know, foam. And so that was pretty darn cool. That was very fun. And interestingly enough, a lot of those buildings had, uh, they were very similar to the ones with 3D printing. Um, they weren't as multi-story or um, incredibly architecturally detailed, um, though they shared a lot of similarities, especially in the final product, which is kind of neat. Yeah. And so one of the things we did for that was uh, when they were creating their buildings, we had 3D printed out rollers, which you could then roll on the foam to give a texture of either like cobblestone or bricks or, or flat river stone. And then they could choose, oh, I want this to you know be like a wooden plank house yes or i wanted these stones and so it allowed them to personalize what they were doing quite a bit now i don't have pictures of those all painted up but in theory chris does and we'll try and put those in our google photos as well so we should have those linked up when we're when all this goes out posting and so that's how we're sort of using all of these things to to support our tabletop play i imagine the laser cutter is going to help us a lot with our gasland stuff yeah. Uh, and while we are using it in that way, uh, mostly because it's a really nice showpiece, um, we have been using the 3D printer um, in other ways with the kids, such as uh, we did 3D modeling with the kids and let them print out their own 
Space um, stations. Space stations. So there are other uses for this outside of games um, because, you know, it's a 3D printer. It can print anything. Um, we also did the summer. And I guess we never did our summer recap. That's That can be part of this episode, too. That's true. Um, we With the 3D modeling class, Chris uh, helped them. What was the name of the site that we used for that? Tinkercad. Tinkercad, yep. And the first thing we had them do was make a name tag that you know had their name 3D printed on a, a neat thing that you could easily attach to a backpack or, or whatnot because it was sturdy, it was durable. It was a good example of how you can get some neat functionality from, yes. you know, from your 3D printers that's not all just, hey, we're doing froofy stuff. Though, honestly, we do a lot of froofy stuff. It's like, oh, this is weird. Let's print that. Yeah. We now have a cube that will turn itself inside out because we have a cube that will turn itself <laughs> inside out. Not that we need it. Uh, we're going to 3D print a model rocket, which we realize we can't use because it will explode in midair. But we've got it printed. <laughs> yes, it would kill someone to launch it, but it's there. <laughs> and uh, speaking of launching rockets, one of the things that we did was uh, this summer we did model rocketry as part of our space program. So we I don't know if we talked about it, uh, but we did uh, Kerbal Space Program, and we did a bunch of VR stuff and a whole bunch of things. But one of the highlights of the summer was when we had the kids make their model rockets. We took them out to launch them, and that was that was pretty wild. That was a lot of fun. The kids really enjoyed that one. We had several parents take pictures or videos, none of which they gave to us. But since you know, I was watching security and making sure kids weren't blowing their fingers off and Chris was making sure it was technically all working. And when he wasn't, I was and vice versa. Uh, yeah, we don't have any pictures of stuff going up or off. No, we spent most of our time worrying about the safety and the making sure misfires were minimalized and nobody was standing underneath falling rockets. I am pleased to say that the most exciting thing that happened involved with the rocket program was when uh, our boss asked us if we were having explosives shipped to the library uh, because, of course, we were having model rocket in- engines shipped <laughs> to the library, and they come in their own little bright pink pouch that says, yeah, be careful with this. So uh, now we just have to figure out what to do with our leftover rocket engines. Yes, we managed to launch a lot of them, but we still have yeah. a lot. Uh, so I think we should probably throw a whole bunch of desiccant packets in there so they don't all get moist up in the South Carolina humidity. Oh, boy. Because we're in our Carolina. teen room. And we've got like 76 in humidity, 80% humidity right this second. Yeah, it's not fun. Not not delightful. Hmm. Anything else we've done with the makerspace stuff? I think that's that's the highlights. Yes, that's the major highlights. Um, we did, oh, the cosplay. Uh, uh, yeah. We used, um, so for that we had the kids make uh, shields. Um, so they were making giant foam. It was, uh, I don't remember what the stuff is called. Yeah, it's it's foam. What we were using is we had uh, the floor tiles, the big connecting yeah, the floor tiles, foam mat puzzle piece things. Yeah. Um, so we were having them cut. Uh, well, we cut the shields main shape out of that, and they were um, scoring them and detailing them, adding other foam bits to make it look like they were armored and such. Yeah, and fancy them all up. And one of the younger kids, his was sort of roundish <laughs> yes and an oblong and but everybody had a shield when they left uh with varying amounts of paint on it and <laughs> I, so here's the thing is is you can do a shield 
class where they get through it all in like two days. You can't really have them do it all in one play session because once you get it all crafted and put together, you need to spray primer on it. Um, and I can't even remember the name of the primer that we have. I'll try and put that in the show notes. Um, then, then after that, they can paint it and decorate it. Uh, the stuff that you're spraying on them is uh, it's a, like a thick rubberized spray that you're putting on there. And you don't necessarily want the kids to be spraying that unless you have the appropriate masks. And safety gear is, is very important for this. So they oh, need yeah. little breathers that they have on when you're dremeling off the bits of the, of the shields or you're teaching them how to do that. Uh, if you're using barge, which is the rubber cement stuff that we were using, uh, you know, you probably should have on some sort of filter as opposed to just a little dusk mask, which we did. So the friends of the library and one of our grants previously bought us a bunch of nice little supplies to that we can have three people all geared up in safety gear at a time so they can be in, in a different room or doing it outside while the other kids are in here sort of designing. Yes, anytime you're doing mechanized sanding or spraying some kind of sealant into the air, yeah. You want some safety because even if it doesn't hurt you, you won't feel great for a few days at least. Well, I tell you what, when I was a kid, I would use spray paint, whatever it was, fearless. Like, yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. I don't know how much they have changed the solvents or whatever because I'm sure paints are more durable now. I don't know. Um, but if I go outside and I spray primer coat uh, or Rust-Oleum or whatever it is on something, the next day I feel just beat up my throat is sore my nose is clogged it is uh so i'm a big fan now of <laughs> of good air filters oh Hur- yes hooray helps a lot so um yeah that's it uh, we're moving on now let's talk about our computers yes our new gaming computers well relatively new yeah so we had a lot of computer issues here in the teen room that we didn't even really know that we were having but the computers that we had were just slightly underpowered they were slightly uh we we didn't have good updates and connections to the internet and stuff like that and our it department uh truman is a wonderful wonderful guy and he felt bad about uh you know the pains that we were having and so he dedicated a bit of the budget to finally after four years update our pcs and now we've got Steam and Epic Game Store and a bunch of other things on our computers. Yes, these are now, they are not top-of-the-line gaming computers, but they are good gaming computers. They are worthy machines. And they're in giant towers instead of just the really slim form factor. Yes. So we had to find room for them. Hooray. <laughs> That's, That's a, a good problem to have, though. Yes. But um, one of the joys we've been having, we've able to run different Steam games, such as we mentioned Kerbal Space Program, Hooray. a uh, game that was. Uh, yeah, we talked about. I think yeah. we talked about the NASA connection and stuff on a previous so episode. Realistic. NASA picked it up. Yep. Um, but I mean, we've also not just the Steam games. Epic Games, in their bid to take down Steam as king, has been releasing <laughs> free games every week, um, and so we've been building our collection week by week of just random games. Mm. Oh, I need to go get that Cthulhu one yes. today. Uh, but yeah, so there have been some neat games that people have played, like uh, uh, Kingdom. Kingdom really, New Lands, yep. Yeah, Kingdom New Lands was really popular for a, very, for a hot minute. Uh, Overcooked, I still see gets played on there sometimes. Oh, I forgot that was on. Ooh. Yes. I wonder if I missed that. I may not have gotten that one. Mm. 
Um, and just some various, uh, you know, 16-bit uh, dungeon-crawling games or side-scrollers. Right. So Overcooked is an amazing game. We're going to devolve into just a little bit of a review here. <laughs> it is available on PlayStation and Xbox and st- everywhere, pretty much. Yeah. It's a four-player local player, or you can even do it not local, I believe. Yes. And, on PCs, I know you can at least. And you're trying to, as a group, run a kitchen, you know, cutting food, cooking food, uh, doing dishes, delivering food, all of those things. And putting out fires sometimes when you're playing with me. So fire <laughs> extinguisher is very useful. Yes. But uh, it is an amazing local game. If you can get, if you've got games and you don't have it for your game stations, I recommend that as a great E-rated game that everybody can play. It's an incredibly fun party game. It's fast. The levels are five minutes long. Um, People will get angry with each other. They will it laugh. Keeps they will cry. More difficult. Yeah, it's it is a wonderful local multiplayer game for uh, any library or school's gaming collection. And also, it is very representational. All right, they have got um, all kinds of little characters that you can play. Uh, oh, yeah. You've got, uh, you know, uh, colors, genders, uh, species. You can play, like, animals or whatnot. They have got a handicapable person in a wheelchair uh, who's, you know, just as, you know, tooling around the kitchen like everybody else. Uh, so it is, it's amazingly forward-thinking. It's not confrontational. Uh, and so, yeah, I recommend it super highly. Very fun. And uh, even when the kids fail, I mean, we've had them play in here. Um, it's really fun to hear them talk about why they failed with each other and figure out a strategy for beating it. And they'll actually, you know, start um, organizing themselves into like, this is your job, this is your job. So they really build some actionable skills up with each other while they're playing. And it works better than a lot of the shooters do, which also sort of sometimes have that sort of chit chat. But in this case, because each level is a different kind of puzzle, it's like, oh, wait, now we have more ingredients and a, um, a conveyor belt that we have to deal with. Or now you're on one side of a pirate ship and I'm on another side of a pirate ship. Yes. Uh, and it's broken in half. And we, you know, I don't know all the levels, and I may be making up levels because that happens. But there's a lot of different challenges, and it's a lot of fun. Absolutely. So uh, anyway, back to our uh, thing. So you were talking about Epic doing free games. So I assume that uh, you know you got to put in a credit card so that you can get these free games that way you can buy other games from them absolutely not um what 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 (laughs) as long as you have an epic games account um you can get these games uh epic games because their main seller is Fortnite. um you know the king of games currently uh you which is free it It is is also free (laughs) it is the most popular free game shooter on pc right now um specifically the shooter part but uh uh you any free account can get these games um they give out one to two free games every week um of varying levels so you will get some m-rated games you will get some e-rated games you will get some good games and you will get some games that sold a hundred copies and they just don't care so they're giving it away for free um it's a very mixed bag. However, it does a great job at padding out your collection. And right. it does give you some really good games that are just kind of old. And maybe you didn't pick them up at the time. But um, 
they're new to you know your space so the kids will love it and play it at least in our experience yeah and so one thing we have noticed is that like all things in your library if people don't know it's there it might as well not exist that's true so uh, you know when somebody started playing world of warships which is a free game but it's on steam i believe that other people started playing it when somebody was playing kingdom new lands all of a sudden we had three or four people who were like oh oh let's do this thing yes and honestly i had a patron come in and just watch me play i was like would you like to play he was like no (laughs) (laughs) um and that it's just it's super interesting but you've got so many new games coming in between this between your xbox gold between your ps plus that you really do sort of have to say, oh, here are the new games. Here's what's coming in. And we've got a big dry erase board that we haven't done since summer was over, but bef- last fall and spring we would write up what the new games were. We need to start doing that again. Uh, yes, especially since there's so many new ones coming in now. That we can say, here are all the new games. You should come and play them. And then that way it will sort of expose them. Also, when kids come in after school, we try and put new games up when they are the appropriate new games so that they can see them and just run right to them like the rabid little squirrels. <laughs> Easily distracted. Uh, yeah. So They love shiny new things. Shiny new things, exactly. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so Epic Game Store, check it out. There are also a bunch of free games available on Steam as well that you can get. You don't have to pay for everything. Now, something that we are going to start trying now that our internet has been upgraded for our Xbox, there's this thing. Well, we do Xbox Gold, and so with Xbox Gold, you get new games every month. And I think you might get multiple games at the beginning and at the middle of the month. Or it's sometimes they release them in the middle, but usually it's every month you get like three new games. Yeah. Uh, um, PlayStation also does something similar with PlayStation Plus. Right. Now the thing about the Xbox is that they always have one game that you're going to get because you have Xbox Gold instead of the Xbox Silver, which is their non-paid version or at least that's what they used to call it but if you have a credit card attached to it you can also get another one of the games and usually that's a game that's from their xbox 360 back catalog or something that's now been made available yeah Uh, and so what i did was is i found one of those old visa card uh, credit cards not credit cards but cash cards that you get from like walgreens or whatever put that in as a form of payment and it only has like three cents on it or something and then that way, they think I've got in a valid card, and I get access to those other ones. Because it is technically a valid card. Sure, it has no money on it, but it's important to have no money on it, because if it had money on it, the kids here would spend that money. <laughs> That's true. So um, That will also, if you run Xbox Live, um, because it thinks you have a valid card, um, even if you use like a prepaid one-year card, um, it'll give you a free month of Xbox Live. Ooh. So that's another little uh, neat way you can stretch that out a little bit. A little bit more. Hooray. That's good to know. Because you mentioned that to me when we were putting the numbers in, and it completely slipped through my <laughs> mind. <laughs> oh, it's 13 months instead of 12. A nice little bonus. So, But the reason I was mentioning these programs is because Xbox has a thing called Game Pass now. And what yeah. we have are large hard drives hooked up to our Xboxes and a better internet connection so that we can use the game pass and what that is is it allows from this huge collection of games you can say oh 
I want us to have Sea of Thieves on all of our piece or all of our Xboxes. And then we could have Sea of Thieves on all of our Xboxes without having to buy it specifically. It's a subscription service, so as soon as you stop paying for it, it goes away. Yeah. But it has a bunch of games and anything that is like an Xbox big deal, mm -hmm. uh, they usually have it available at launch also on that. Now, not all games will, so I'm pretty sure that like the new Forza Horizon is not going to be a Game Pass game. But it could be wrong. Yeah, some are, some do that, some don't. Um, the great thing about that versus, say, Epic Games Library, um, it for the way Xbox runs it is it's actually a library. Once you start paying the subscription, you get access to everything that is and has been in the library. Think of it as Netflix for video games. Yes. And you won't be half wrong. Um, so you won't just get, you know, three new games every month. You will get all the games they've put in so far and three new games every month. So it is a great way to really pad your collection. Um, there are a couple of services like that on Steam. Uh, Origin Access has something called the Origin Vault. Uh, Origin is one of the major video game companies. Um, so you can get a bunch of their games with a subscription fee. Um, Which you can also do through the Xbox as well as... You can, uh, there's a, an Origins version I think you can do through Xboxes. Well. That is true. Yeah. Um, and so there are a couple of services like that. You would have to look around to find some of the more niche ones. But um, Chris, this sounds like a great Games and Schools and Libraries blog article. It does. I will mm. have to do some research and find the good ones. So that's, that's sort of where we are. I think that there's a lot here to be had where you can, if you can get the friends or if you can put in your budget that it's like a magazine subscription. Uh, except for you don't actually end up with a permanent copy of stuff. It's stuff that's available for you as long as you're paying. And that's the problem with Xbox Gold. Is one of our our Xboxes that we got it off cycle from the rest of them is it expires, and then we 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 weren't ready for it, and so we lose access to all of the Xbox Gold games that were available when we yes for about two days. Eighty percent of that game collection was unavailable. Fortunately, um, they were a slow two days. They were. So that is something to be aware of because once you lose it or stop paying for it... Or lose internet. Though, well, so, uh, sometimes. Um, yeah, some games, yeah. Uh, but um, once you lose your subscription, you do lose access to all of those games. And if your patrons are used to them, um, that is something to keep in mind. You want to make sure it's something that you can keep in the budget. On the other hand, Game Pass is like the cost of two AAA titles a year, two or three AAA titles a year, and you have access to a whole bunch of stuff, including oh, yeah. some AAA titles. So maybe it's worth it. Yes. I mean, it, it, is, it gives you a great opportunity where kids can just kind of scan through and pick out those games that normally you wouldn't want to pay for, but maybe they just want to try some new games once or twice. It gives you a decent number to your collection. Yeah. Well, all right. So I think that that's enough. We, can, we have done an episode, Chris. That. I think is accurate. All right. So listeners, thank you very much for joining us. And I hope, I know that this one's not so useful for schools, uh, unless you've got a video game lab or the library has video game machines, which, wow, I'd be really interested to hear about that. But hopefully um, this was good. Let us know what you think about this, or if you know of any other great subscription services or sources for free or uh, affordable video games, that would be wonderful. I'm Donald Dennis. I'm Chris Bell. And you've been listening to Games in Schools and Libraries.
do reviews or we can go to wine. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Games and Schools and Libraries podcast. You can find out more about us and the people who create this show over at InverseGenius.com and all of our other wonderful, wonderful shows, including on board games, on RPGs, the Inverse Genius podcast, and the Room Escape Divas. We are also now joined by the Party Gamecast and Nephilop, who you might remember as Stephanie, previous co-host here on the Games and Schools and Libraries podcast, and our friend Lynn Theory. Thank you for listening. Games and Schools and Libraries is produced in association with the Georgetown County Library System.